Well, good morning, or good evening. My brain is still on this morning. So who, did anybody travel more than five hours to be here today? Over three hours? Very nice. Who traveled less than 20 minutes? Is Mason City not here? Yeah, there you go. We are, well, I am absolutely glad that you are here. Um, I'll give you a little bit of information about who I am a little bit, and then we're going to dive into uh, the Word. As Willie introduced my family picture up there uh, earlier, um, I am married. My wife Stephanie and I have been married for 6,010 days today. Or sorry, 6,110 days. I don't want to forget those 100 days. Uh, we have three children, um, Caleb, Titus, and Rylan. Uh, that would be 11 years old, 9 years old, and 5 years old. And I, I love it. I love their energy. Um, I love being their dad. Um, I have served in youth ministry since 2009. God allowed me to be uh, suffering for Jesus in a small town called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, for six years, I would much rather have their winters than Iowa's. Um, but in his providence, he has brought me back through Michigan and now in Iowa for almost six years and love being the associate pastor at Grace Church in Emmitsburg, just an hour and 15 minutes west of here. As Willie put up there, um, the, the beautiful picture of Lambeau Field. Um, unfortunately, that was the day that we lost to the Lions, and we missed the playoffs. And it was like nine degrees outside, and that's why I was bundled up. But I see a smart man right there. Go, Pat, go. Love the hat. But uh, understand there's some people from Minnesota. That's all right. God will still save your soul. But uh, I am so glad to be here with you this weekend. Um, I hope that you are ready uh, to experience what God has for you. Some of you here today are here because a friend invited you and you thought it would be just an awesome weekend to come and have fun whether it be in the snow or whatever. Some of you had no clue what you were getting into. Some of you, honestly, are here because of the boys or the girls. Uh, some of you are, you're, you just want to get away from home. Home life is horrible, and I just want to get away from home. For whatever reason you are here, I'm glad you're here. And just so you know, you are not here on accident. Now, I do want you to have a little participation with me, so I'm going to ask you some questions, and I would love for you to participate. So, if you have ever been, if you have ever asked a question of somebody for advice, would you please stand up? If you've ever asked anybody for advice or asked anybody a question, would you please stand up? Okay. Now, if anyone has ever asked you a question or asked you for advice, stay standing. So, sit down if no one has ever asked you for advice. Now stay standing if somebody has ever asked you a question and you didn't know the answer. Stay standing if you've ever been asked a question and you didn't know the question. So the one person who sat down knows everything. Okay, you guys can, you guys can be seated. What I want you to understand by that as you looked around is Congratulations, we are all counselors here. Now, you might not have ever thought about that aspect of your life, but if anybody has ever asked you a question, 
you are counseling them with your answer. And when you ask somebody else a question, they are counseling you. The question that we must ask ourselves is where did we get the answer that we gave them in that moment? We live in a culture where all we have to do is pull out our cell phone. Sorry, Willie, I still have my cell phone. Do you want to come take my cell phone away from me? We, we live in a culture where all we have to do is pull out our phone, ask Siri, ask Google, whatever it may be, and we can have an answer pretty quickly. Maybe not here at camp because you've been asked to put your, your cell phones away. But we can Google things, we can Insta thing, we can Snap things, we can look on TikTok, we can look on Wikipedia, we can call somebody, we can look for answers in a lot of places. I love finding the truth. I love when, when I hear a conversation between two people and one person is, is spouting out a fact. And I'm like, that can't be right. So I just pull up my phone. I Google it, I look it up, and I find out if what they're saying is true or if what they're saying is not true. Have you ever been watching a movie or a TV show and you recognize an actor or an actress on the screen and you're like, I know I've seen them in something else and it's driving me crazy and so I don't know about you but I pull out my phone, I open my app on IMDb to find out who in the world is that person. I recognize them. I know they were in that one movie. I just can't put my finger on it. My wife and I uh, used to watch a whole lot more TV than we do now. She's taking school classes. She's going um, back to school to get her uh, degree in special ed. So she doesn't have as much time to watch TV. But we were watching one of our favorite shows way back in the day, um, NCIS, and there was a new character that was introduced on the show. Now, I knew him as an actor. I, I, I knew what movies or shows I had seen him in. But my wife and I were talking, and I just heard his voice without looking at him. I'm like, where do I know his voice from? So I IMDb him, and I'm scrolling down, and sure enough, he was the voice of Handy Manning. If you ever see, have seen that, that kid's show, and I'm wondering what in the world, because my kids watch that show, so then I could never watch Handy Manny without picturing Handy as being an NCIS worker, and I could never watch NCIS without saying, hey, Felipe, will you please hand me a screwdriver? <laughs> then there's times where I'll, I'll look somebody up, and man, they were not in anything that I've ever seen, and that's okay, because when you're seeking the truth, it's okay to be wrong. Because it led you to the truth. How many of you love being wrong? Okay. I, 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 we can have a conversation later. There might be something wrong. We might need a counsel there um, after that. We live in a society that wants to tell you a lot of information. And trying to figure out what the truth is is very difficult and, and honestly, the world is trying to get you to follow an absolutely wrong truth. And have you ever heard the phrase, well, that's my truth? Or, well, that's your truth? Well, I forget what year this was, but in the Golden Globes, Oprah Winfrey was accepting a, an award, and she has something to say about the truth. I'm going to back up if we can get sound on the audio. What I know for sure is 
that sticking into a tree is the most powerful tool we all have. What's the most powerful tool we all have? According to Oprah, speaking your truth. Is that, make, is that the most powerful tool that we all have? Oh, oh hey, hey, guys. Um, can, can I inform what you preach for a second? I don't like being questioned. I don't like when people criticize my point of view or my opinions or It sounds funny when we put it that way, don't we? But if, if you have your truth and I have my truth, then who has the truth? There, there, is, a, there is a helpful video that I came across in my preparation for this, this series. And uh, if, you have, if you're a note taker, you, you may want to jot down. He's got a really cool diagram um, in the video. Uh, but... I'll just let the video explain it for himself. Back in college, I was taught a helpful chart, and I want to share it with you today because it helps you navigate the contradiction and find what is true. Here it is. Two facts cannot contradict. However, a fact and your interpretation of a fact can contradict. And of course, two interpretations of fact can contradict. Now you know what I'm saying. What is an interpretation? Well, it's simply this. It's our understanding of a fact. Let me illustrate it like this. Here are two facts. The color swab you see in the top left and the word on the right. They're teal. My wife and I have two different interpretations of this color. I see it as blue. She sees it as green. Our interpretations contradict each other. Our interpretations even contradict both facts. Blue is not the same as teal, and green is not the same as teal. Teal is teal. Here are two facts. Fact one. King David is presented as an actual person in Scripture. Fact two, there is no archaeological evidence that King David ever existed. Now, I'll tell you why there's an asterisk there in just a second. Both of these things are true statements. Now, here are the logical interpretations from both of these facts. David exists. David does not exist. There's a contradiction between these two interpretations of the facts, right? But in 1993, Raquel Dan Stella, it was discovered that provided proof that King David did exist, confirming the biblical narrative. So at that moment, the fact that there is no archaeological evidence that King David ever existed ceased to be true. 
That's also meant to be interpretation based on that fact that no longer be true. Now both facts support the same interpretation. Facts are facts. Truth is truth. And if there is a discrepancy between two facts, one is either a lie or our understanding of one of those facts is incorrect. Hold to the truth. Not to your truth or not to my truth, but the truth. Because when truth is gone, people will believe any lie. So what is truth? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you several passages of Scripture that we go through. We're not going to have time to flip through all of them. We will uh, spend a lot of time in 1 Timothy, uh, but you can just jot down the references if you want. If you miss something, come up to me afterwards and say, hey, what was that passage that you said? And I'll, I'll share you with my notes in case I go a little too fast. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John, earlier in the book of John, says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John writes later in 1 John, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, He is the true God and eternal life. Psalm 119 tells us, The sum of your word, he's talking to God, the sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. So what is truth? Where do we find truth? Truth is Jesus Christ. Truth is the word of God that came from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is infallible. He is without error. He is perfect. He cannot lie. He cannot manipulate. He is by character truth. So how do we understand truth? We can go to the words that he wrote through the help of many men, many human beings. And, and if, if you don't know if this is even true, if you, how can I trust this, this book that wasn't that just put together by a bunch of people over, over many, many years? Like It's kind of easy if a book says, says it's true. Well, why should I believe a book just because it says it's true? I would encourage you to have a really good conversation with your counselors. But before you even do that, I would pray that you would say, God, show me your truth. Because for since beginning of time, truth has been under attack. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came as a baby. And truth was put on trial because the, the father of all lies, the great deceiver, thought he could have an opportunity to finally, once and for all, destroy truth. You see, the devil absolutely hates the truth. That's why he's called the father of all lies. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus comes into the earth and Satan is, is, is making this perfect plan to destroy Jesus. He, he, he gets into the mindset of the Pharisees and he goes, hey, this guy who is, who is speaking this so-called truth is, is screwing up your lifestyle. It's screwing up your plan. So why don't you just go ahead and get rid of him? And that's exactly what the Pharisees tried to do. They, they, they arrested him and they, they put him on trial. So Jesus was arrested and sent to Pilate to be judged. After Jesus' charge had been presented to him, Pilate asked him, So, 
are you a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? Can we know truth? And I'm, I'm praying that this weekend we can understand that we can absolutely know truth. I was watching an interview with Aaron Rodgers uh, last week, and he made this statement. That's their experience, Aaron said. Life is about perspective, and truth is wrapped up in that perspective because our truth is going to be related to how we view the world. There's three sides of every story, though. There's yours, there's mine, and there's the truth. So we got to remember that when we're thinking about basically any type of story, that's our perspective directly impacts the way that we view the world and the way we feel is truly going on in the situation. Aaron did not get it completely wrong here, but he does make one mistake that too often we all make. He starts off in his journey of seeking for the truth by looking at his own experiences. And if we look at our experiences and everything funnels through our experiences, we have a problem. Your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, but there is no actual truth because my experience is different than your experience, so therefore my truth is different than yours because you didn't grow up like I did. And when we, we flip it this way and we want to say that my experience dictate truth, what we are saying is there is absolutely no truth. Our truth isn't even true. So if our truth can't even be truth, then how can truth be truth? In Scripture, if we look through truth, understanding that Jesus Christ is truth, He is the infallible Word of God, and we flip this chart upside down, this is a little bit more graphed, I'm going to show you a simpler one next, if we start with understanding what does Scripture say, what does the truth say, if Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, if He is the Word of God, if He is the Scripture then he is the foundation, the cornerstone of everything. Then, from the Scripture, we need to interpret the Scripture. What does that passage say? And we do that by looking at the totality of Scripture so that we can say, does this fit into the whole message? And guess what? Scripture cannot contradict Scripture. If you have two passages of Scripture and you see a contradiction, the Scripture is not contradicting the Scripture. Our interpretation of that is in question, just like the video we watched earlier. Then we take a look at what is biblical, th biblical theology. What does it mean? Systematic theology. What truth and doctrines does it teach? And then practical theology is how can I apply it to my life? Super simple way of looking at this. If we start at truth, we understand truth, we do our best to understand truth, and then we allow our experiences to come out of truth. We can actually live in truth. Take your 
Bible and open it to 1 Timothy chapter 3 if you're not already there. 1 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're going to be while you're flipping there. I want you to understand that I 100% believe that every single word of the Bible, of the 66 books in the canon, is 100% inspired by the Word of God and is infallible without error. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, truth, is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching in truth, for reproof in truth, for correction to bring back to the truth, and for training in righteousness, how we walk in truth. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let me reread that. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. As you turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 14. And I want us to take a look at, in this passage, three truths that we can find in seeking the truth. Starting in verse 14, 1 Timothy chapter 3. I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave. You notice the word know there? Know means that there's a truth. It's that you may know how you ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. So, what is truth? First of all, we see that truth is the pillar. It is our pillar. What does a pillar do? What does a pillar do? Is it just beautiful to look at? It holds things up. What happens if you push a pillar over? Everything that it's holding up crumbles, right? So we should test our view of Scripture. We should test it. Scripture actually says, test the things that you're hearing. And if they hold up, then they hold up to be true. In the King James, this verse says, the, it is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's grounded. It's, it's formed into it. It's solid. In the CSB, it says, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. The, the BBE, or the basic into Bible, by the Bible into basic English says, the pillar and base of what is true. So as we read those two verses, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how you ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church, the, the living God, a pillar and a buttress of the truth. Truth is what holds everything up. In Isaiah chapter 29 we see a prophecy about Jesus Christ when it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste, and I will make justice the, justice the line, and righteousness the plumb line, and, and hail will sweep away the refuge of lies. 
and the waters will overwhelm the shelter. Paul echoes this in his letter to the church in Ephesus when he wrote, So then, you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. When truth is your cornerstone, opinions don't matter. When truth is your cornerstone, you don't get swayed by the popular fad of what's going on out there. When truth is your cornerstone, you don't have to second guess. How many times has somebody ever come up to you and and Austin, if I can pick on you for just a second, I'm not going to really pick on you. If I were to come up to Austin and say, hey, Austin, your name's not really Austin, would you start to question your name? Why would you not question your name? And that's the truth. That's the fact, right? Yeah. Why don't we question things in our lives like your name? Now, some of you are like, well, that's not my name. My name is something else. Okay, I understand. We all get called different things. In South Carolina, I loved it. You would never meet somebody and actually ever know their real name. They were always called by their middle name. I did youth ministry down there for six years, and I'm not sure I ever knew any one of my students' real names because their parents always called them by their middle names. It was crazy. But when you know something to be 100% true, and somebody says, well, that's not true, you're not really shaken. What's 2 plus 2? No, it's 22. 2 and 2 is 22, see? Are you, is your faith in math all of a sudden just rocked because some guy up on stage said something? So why do we as a culture allow everything that we put in front of us to belittle the truth and all of a sudden we start to believe the things that we put in our mind? Schools. I love schools. My wife works at a school. Schools, do they always tell you the truth? Not necessarily. I don't think that, that the teachers are necessarily out there to get you, but the information that they're trying to get to you has been told that they have to teach, has to go through them. And I don't think they're necessarily trying to, to intentionally lie to you. But we need to be wise of like, okay, just because my teacher says something doesn't mean it's 100% true. Now, that doesn't mean we have to be a bully or sassy or a a jerk about it. We can understand the truth and be gentle with it. Every time my children watch a TV show and I, I hear something on the TV show that's not true, what do you think I tell my children? That's not true. And then I tell them what the truth is. So now my daughter, who's five years old, she's in kindergarten. I love her to death. She has no filter. She's a little bit like her father. I'm hoping to grow a filter a little bit in my maturity. No comments, Mike. She comes home from school and she's always, well, this kid in my class told me that unicorns are real. And I told them that unicorns are not real. 
and tooth fairies aren't real, and Santa's not real. She's not lying, but I had to have a conversation with her. Honey, there are moms and dads that play a game with their kids, and how about we just let their mom and dads play that game with them? Now, I teach my children to the best of my ability what truth is. I don't lie to them. I do not manipulate to them. I do not play games with them. Some of you might hate me as a father for that. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I, 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 uh, I had a children's director that I worked with back in Myrtle Beach, and we had a conversation one day. She had a couple girls coming up in, um, in the elementary age, and she was telling us about how she's planned, how she goes and she puts um, flower hoof prints down the driveway to prove to her children that Santa's real. And I told her, I said, I'm not going to teach my children about Santa. And I said, if you do, I mean, I'll, I'll respect you as a mom, but I'm not going to do that. She goes, you're going to ruin your children's imagination. If you met my children, their imagination is not ruined. But why do we have to manipulate truth for anything? We have to have truth as our pillar so that we can even function. Because what if you didn't put deodorant on in this morning? What's the truth that's going to happen? Boys, you're going to stink. Girls, what happens when the boy puts on way too much axe? It makes you want to date them, doesn't it? ridiculous. When we allow truth to be our pillar, we can walk on firm ground. Truth did not die 2,000 years ago. Some people believe that Jesus died and he never rose from the dead. Some people believe that he was just a good teacher. He was just a prophet and all these other things. And yes, he was a teacher. Yes, he was a prophet. But Jesus is very much alive. Let's go back to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and let's look at verse 16. Great, indeed, we confess in the mystery of godliness... He was manifested in the flesh, okay, this is Jesus, he was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up to glory. So yes, he was taken up to glory, but he is very much alive because he came back to life. He walked with mankind for 40 days, saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people after he had died and rose again. And then he ascended into heaven where he is very much alive today. Scripture says that he's preparing a place for the believers. Truth is alive because truth is Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's some pretty powerful truth. If this was just some book that was penned around 4,000 to 2,000 years ago compilated, 
it would lose its impact if it was just a book. But it's more than a book. It's alive, it's living, it's active. Scripture says that it can cut deep. And I have very much experienced how deep the Scripture can cut, especially when I am not doing what God has called me to do. And all of a sudden, it's gut-wrenching when I see a verse here and a verse there and a verse there, and it's all speaking directly to me, and it's God smacking me upside the head saying, hey, Rob, wake up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not of the word of men. It's not of, this is not just the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God which is at work in you believers. The truth of God is living among us Culture can change, but truth cannot change. Culture can change, but the word of God will remain forever. Jesus came to testify the truth and has given us the truth in his word, the Bible. These 66 books are infallible, without error, and proven time after time to be the source of truth. I love watching archaeological uh, things on YouTube where somebody goes in and they find an archaeological aspect and, and you know, if, if, if the Bible was just a myth and if it was just some old history hack, you would think eventually historians and archaeologists would find something to absolutely prove that the scripture is absolutely wrong. Yet time after time, year after year, archaeological digs find things that 100% prove the Bible to be without error. I love it. 2,000 years of this book being in, in, in print, whether it be on papyrus paper, whether it be on just paper paper, or whether it be on your phone, it is living, it is breathing, it is active, it is very much alive, and we can trust it. But there's a sad reality that falls true among us, and that is that some will reject the truth they will fall away from the truth. But the good news is that truth brings us life. And this is where 100% of every single one of us fall into this category. Either truth is going to bring us life or we're going to reject the truth. That's the only two options. Truth is either going to bring you life or you're not going to have life and therefore you have death. Those are really the only two options. There's no third option. So that fits 100% of us that we see right here. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 states this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons. Now I'll pause there. What's the opposite of deceit? What? Okay, I know you can say it a little bit louder. What's the opposite of deceit? truth. So some are following the ways of deceitful ways and of demons. So it's the teachings of the devil. Verse 2, through the, in, through the insincerity, let's try to speak English this time, the insincerity, insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. What's the opposite of liar? 
truth. Who forbid marriage and require abstinence from God, food that God created to be received in the thanksgiving by those who believe and know the For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So these are the two people that are described about all of us here today. Those that follow the truth and those that don't. Those that don't. It's a very sad reality here because it says that their conscience is seared. That's a bad place to be. Where you over and over and over and over reject the truth to the point where it's just callous to you. How many of you guys have ever uh, played an instrument or played sports or done something, hard labor, farming, and you've built up calluses? You can poke at it, you can prick at it, you can do all these things, but you don't have feeling in that callus anymore. I'm going to tell you something that might gross you out, so if you get grossed out easy, I'm sorry. I have a callus right here on my, my base of my pinky. I have no clue how I got it, why I get it. I don't really have hard labor in my blood. But in college, I would take safety pins, and I would go through my callus, and I would just dangle it for the girls that were near me to see if I could gross them out. And it didn't hurt because it was calloused. Now, what if I did it to the palm of my hand where I don't have a callus? What would happen then? It would hurt. Because it's not calloused. Scripture says that there were many here that were calloused to the truth. They, they walked away from the truth because they listened to the lies of the devil. How do we know truth? We only know truth because of what the Word of God says. How do we know what the devil is trying to get us to do? Because it will 100% contradict the truth of Scripture. There's not your truth. There's not my truth. There is only the truth. And the truth has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now, the beautiful thing about how truth brings us to life is because when we walk in the truth, when we have a fellowship with Jesus Christ, He brings us into His family. He brings us from death to life. We're going to talk about a very popular story tomorrow, but at the very beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth, and He created everything perfect, without blemish, without any flaws. Adam and Eve lived in this beautiful garden, and along came a serpent. And the serpent deceived them. They sinned, and their offspring, ultimately us, were born into sin. And we were born into sin, and we were born on a direct path to be completely separated from the truth. We were completely separated from life. We were on our way to a place, a real place called hell. 2,000 years ago, God, in his perfect timing, sent Jesus Christ to be born on, 
on earth as a perfect man so that we could have a perfect substitute. And scripture says that for those of us that believe in him, we will be saved and we will not perish, we will not die, we will have life. So truth isn't just who's going to win the Super Bowl. That's an opinion until after the game and then we have a fact. But that's not the, the truth that matters in life. It doesn't matter if, if you are a fan of this team or a fan of this team or if you like this or if you don't like this. That's not the definition of truth. That's your opinion. And that's okay. We can have different opinions on things. But our opinions should always be founded in the truth. I cannot say that I believe something if it contradicts the truth. And trust me, if you can think of it, Scripture will have an answer for it. And if Scripture doesn't have an answer for it, it will lead you to an answer for it. At the beginning, I asked you guys to stand up if you've ever asked anybody a question or if anybody's ever asked you a question. When, when somebody asks you a question and they're seeking your counsel or you're giving them counsel, let me encourage you, don't give your opinion. Go to the truth. Because the Word of God has answers for the really difficult times in your life. Last year, I was at a, con a conference in Lafayette, Indiana, and we had just gone through a class on how to counsel somebody who just lost a baby. Not even a week later, there was a couple in our church that lost a baby. You think that that was a coincidence? Absolutely not. But because I was able to receive training in how to help somebody through grieving times from the truth, I was able to help them go through a grieving time with the truth. Literally, I was sitting in a conference, same, same conference, same day, different class. The topic was, when you must let a counselee go. If you've ever, if for, the, for the leaders, if you've ever done any counseling, there is a time where you just have to cut bait and let them go. During that conference, that exact session, my pastor and I both got a text from somebody. I was counseling him. My pastor was counseling them as a couple. And he said, I am no longer going to go through counseling. Coincidence? Nope. But I was able to bring him ultimately back to the truth and use the truth that I learned to help him counsel. There really is biblical help for all sorts of answers, all sorts of questions. Let me encourage you to be in the Word of God so that you can point your peers to the truth. And as we, we go through this entire weekend, we're going to take a look at different aspects of the truth and how we can apply the truth and all of these different things. I, wouldn't, I love questions. I love hard questions. And if you have ever been told that that's a dumb question, I would say, come ask me. 
There's no such thing as a dumb question. Because real questions come from the heart. And I guarantee in a group this size, there are people who are hurting and suffering and struggling with what that truth is in their mind. And they're, they're, they're rustling because they know this and they know this and they're, 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 they're battling this and they just don't know and they have all these questions. Talk to your counselor. If your counselor doesn't know the answer, the counselor will help find the answer because the answer is in the truth. But do not leave this weekend thinking that, well, I'm worthless. Nobody would ever care about what's going on in my life. Every single adult, every single leader, every single counselor, every single staff person here loves you more than you will ever know. That's why we're here. Just ask your counselor how much they're getting paid to be here. Most of them paid more than you'd even realize so that they could be here with you. Many of you, they financially helped. They want to help guide you to the truth. Even if you're not willing to accept that truth today. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for each and every single person here. I thank you for sending your son to be the truth. I thank you for your words, which are true. I thank you that we can know truth. I thank you that your truth gives us life. Father, I, I can probably guess that in a group this size, there are many who do not know the beautiful gift of life through Jesus Christ. I know many here are struggling with this concept of truth. They have been taught the lie so much that even hearing about the truth is something that they have to wrestle with in their mind. And I pray that you would give them your wisdom and your clarity. Help them ask the difficult question. Help them seek truth. Father, we thank you for being loving. We thank you for being merciful. We thank you for being gracious. We thank you for being just. We thank you for being perfect and holy. Father, I pray that we would truly stand on your foundation, your cornerstone of truth. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.